0: This is Mike Guy, I'm the editor of thedrive.com, and you are listening to our podcast. And this particular episode is a crash diary, as told by Mike Pritchinello, who is the overlord of Classic Car Club of Manhattan. That's right. But We, we, uh, we do this podcast to talk about things that go wrong quickly and uh, things that crash. And it could be a car crash or a train crash. In this case, it's an airplane crash. And it's uh, uh, something that happened to Mike back in 1998, I think in March. I think so, yeah. You have not always been the overlord of the Classic Car Club of Manhattan. No, no, I haven't. What were you doing in 1998? In 1998, I was
1: uh, on the communications team, the spokesperson for New York's lieutenant governor, who at the time was Betsy McCoy Ross, described as a blonde embattled bombshell. <laughs> not my quote. Um, it's true, though. Um, and I did, uh, I did a lot of communications work for President Clinton. That would be Bill at the time. So when he came to the East Coast, I did that stuff. We would do a press conference every week. And um, this particular one was for a bill that we had written that wasn't sponsored or anything. We are just trying to drum up some coverage for it.
0: So New York State has a fleet of planes or it's a, a plane that it had designated a, it, for its executives? It has a
1: few. I don't know how many. At the time, at the time there was, I think it was a G3. Um, and I was thinking back, knowing that we were coming here, and I was in that one a couple of times. This this one was a turboprop. Beechcraft. So, I think so, or Kingfisher or something. So it was a turboprop, so jet fuel, two props, mm-hmm. or a TBM maybe. Yeah. Um, and so we would fly to Albany, do it in Albany, and then do Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse. Um, so, you know, we made a lot of stops. We'd get out, get in a car. Usually it was like the local mayor would drive you there and he'd be like, wow, Betsy, it's great that you're here. And let me lay all this stuff on you. And then we'd go do it and drive back and hop on the plane. And we'd start at like five in the morning and we were done at 10 at night.
0: Let's move to the, this particular day. Yes. This particular Um, day. You were in a plane crash. I was in a plane crash involving several people, uh, in the plane. Yeah. In the
1: plane was two pilots. Um, me. The lieutenant governor, our chief of staff, um, who has gone on to a political career of his own, and some other guy who always had a clipboard, and I think his name was John. I don't remember what he was about. I just remember he wore bad suits, and that was that it was on the plane. That's <laughs> a thing you would remember. <laughs> that's right. I, I I'm about the details. The day begins meeting at the lieutenant governor's house. Security is outside in the car. Our driver. Um and the four of us, I guess, right? One, two, three, four, pile in. And we did our thing in Suffolk County. Um it's probably a diner I like, so it was probably the Nautilus Inn in Massapequa, aka the Nausea Inn. <laughs> I had done something, I don't remember if that was that one. But we did it. It was fine. Yeah. Um weather was questionable. How so? Just cloudy. And re- looked like rain was coming. This is March. This is March. So it's had yeah. kind of crappy, kind of rain. You know, I'm a March birthday guy, so I know. So it was raining, and cold. It's, like, it's like Ireland. Yeah, it's that kind of weather. Okay, that's yeah. what we had. So you know, we did it. 45 minutes. Bing, bang, boom. Back in the car. Drive to Manhattan, straight through the Holland Tunnel because we were downtown, and made our way to Teterboro, where the plane is waiting. And our pilot at the time was always the same pilot. His name was John. I forget his last name. He had like a broom brush kind of a mustache. Strainer. Yeah, steam strainer. Yeah, yeah. And he would always wear these scarves. And there's going to be a pilot listening who's going to be able to clarify this a bit more. But like if, if you fly across the Arctic, if you take this certain flight path from how I remember his story, you would get this different scarf. And he was always very proud of these like wool scarves that he had. And oh. There were stripes, different colors and things. And he was a pretty cool guy, actually. He was kind of a renegade. Um, uh, being a car motorcycle guy, I also really liked planes and I was in this thing all the time, one or the other. So I rarely sat in the back. I usually always sat in the, in the, in the cockpit. You could
0: sit, like said, the first officer seat. So it's yeah, one pilot. There's no, there's uh, no. it's
1: one pilot when you're in a, when you're in a turboprop, right. when you're in a jet, there's two pilots. So Most jets. Yeah. Right. So it's always a seat there. And, um, they were, he was always really happy to give me a little stick time. Huh. This is cool. That's cool. Um, so I learned a lot, actually, about flying. Uh, so we took off from Teterboro, went to Albany, did the same thing in Albany. And uh,
0: everything's, I mean, the, the, the flights... A little bumpy, the weather's kind of maybe a little I was, like, was just
1: there was nothing notable about it all, you know. I just always kind of keep my eye on the weather, not, not for any fear of it all, but like, hmm, this means we're gonna have a tailwind. Like, I really got into all that stuff. I was mostly about when are we gonna get in a plane next? Because
0: had you ever been in, in, a, in an experience? Because I was in an experience where I was on a, uh, a DC 10, mm-hmm. a Northwest DC 10 flying out of Detroit bound for Paris back, back when Northwest existed, right? And uh, we there was a fire in the cargo hold. Of this big it's a big goddamn plane flying to Paris and pumping off, pure oxygen in there. And it filled the the cabin filled with smoke. That's and scary. we did an emergency fuel dump and we landed and we all went out the the slides. Oh you got to do the slide. It was friggin' terrifying. I bet I, it was. Absolutely terrifying. I was with a guy who had just taken a bunch of tranquilizers and he was feeling no pain. We had the you know, our masks on. Yeah. And he was, he just turned to me, he said, there's nothing you can do. You're, if you die, you die. And he just was like, he was a happy guy.
1: That was, um, I wasn't euphoric about it, but that. But
0: before this day. Yeah.
1: No, I, I had done an emergency landing in a plane, but like no big reason. I think someone was just sick on a plane.
0: Air travel today is a very mass transit. You're it is. You go into the aircraft, you sit down and the most uncomfortable thing that happens is the guy next to you just ate a bean burrito. Anything. or they ask for a seatbelt extender.
1: That's <laughs> when you're like, I got a pro on my hands. Yeah. And I'm going to be jammed up against yeah. the wall. But, yeah. but it's it is
0: a average experience. Yeah. It is there's is nothing bad that ever happens.
1: No, it's just sitting around. You're just sitting around. Your it's, adjective is average. Yeah. Is exactly what it is. Get in, get a cocktail, sit down, fly somewhere, get off and do your
0: job. So you land in, you land, there's no premonitions, by the way. You're just landing in Albany and right. it's just your day go. We did Albany and then we flew to Buffalo. And then we were taking off
1: from Buffalo in route to um, Rochester. Mm-hmm. Never made it to Rochester. So.
0: I read a news report yesterday that said it was a beach craft.
1: Yeah. Was, yeah. I, I Like I said, we had been in a few of them. But I remember, I remember yesterday when I was thinking like, it was a bit, a bit ago. Let me recall. And it was, yeah, the turbo prop. We smashed up turboprop. <laughs> Um, everything was cool. Everything was totally cool. We had our Cavalier pilot. By the way, he used to wear a bomber jacket with the, you know, with like the, the sheepskin collar and all. Was, but he was
0: a, he was like an airline pilot before. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He was he was the real deal. He was doing long hauls to Asia and back. Yes, it was exactly what he was doing. And then he did. And then he did like commercial work. And then he worked with the state. So,
0: but those big, I mean the big jets flying a turboprop through like low altitude weather around upstate New York is perhaps a more complicated. Or more fraught. More hands-on. More hands-on, yeah. Yeah, I think you
1: get into a big plane, just sort of like punching your coordinates. Yeah. As far as I know, you, you do that, you take off, and then you, um, on movies anyway, you just hit on the, 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 the cabin crew staff yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, oh, I've got to land this thing, hang on.
0: Yeah. And pilot error, mm-hmm. or human error, mechanic error, engineering error, pilot error, is in 99, 98% of the crashes
1: yeah and but even before that happens you have so much so many levels of redundancy right you know so it doesn't happen very often yeah. there are those people who really have a fear about flying i get it but it's it's safer than driving the work every
0: day sure so you hop in the the, the, the plane and it's what is it, it seats eight eight people yeah two seats up
1: front um they, it was outfitted with captain's chairs that swiveled so um Three in the front row and then two in the back row. That's how that plane, as I remember it, was configured. In the, so the pilots were in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was this particular day, there's one pilot because it was a pilot. turbo. Okay, But you're not sitting up front. I'm not sitting up front. I wasn't sitting up front for this one. I think because there's still lots to do. I would usually like on the fly home. Yeah. That was when I felt like, uh, you know, here's my opportunity. Let me right. get behind the stick of this thing. But So pilots in front. Um, and then it was the lieutenant governor and I. And then um, the chief of staff and the other guy, that guy, John, behind us. And Uh, you're facing back. I'm facing. No, we're all facing forward at this point because your seats are locked because we're taking off. Oh, right. Of course. So you're sitting, but you're sitting next to the lieutenant governor. So yeah, she's on my left. Okay. I'm um, like above the wing on the right side. Okay. And so we take off. Everything's kind of fine. And we got about a medium-sized New York City apartment building off the ground, four to five hundred feet up. But you're not paying attention. I was always paying a little bit of attention because everybody was talking about work and I'm in a plane. So I was just looking out the window. I didn't really care what they had to say at the time. I was in a plane. I was 24 Obviously, years old.
0: The, the spirit animal of the campaign. Yeah. Right?
1: It was like, come on. This is all. We do this every week. Let's not make more out of it than it is. We know what's going on. We were on autopilot, not the plane. Yeah. And, you know, when you take off your engines or this is a twin engine plane, your engines are pinned or
0: mostly. And so we're taking off just like every other day say so that those two, the two engines have this sync this sound this, this Zzzz, harmony that they make yeah
1: yeah I, and I, you I, you hear the you hear the um, you hear the wind going through the blades or the or the um, I think the sound that you hear the most is that resistance yeah Vzz, you, you you hear the engines fighting it yeah and you you know we did our run up so at the beginning of a runway you pin the engines uh-huh. you have the you know the plane's braked yeah, yeah. and then you bring it back down and uh-huh. then you you know you continue taxi, then you pin it and you take off. So we get up and then suddenly the plane like really violently just kind of pitched to the r- – rolled to the right. I guess rolled to the right would be the right way to describe it.
0: Is Where, there anything that – was there a sound? Was there a bang? Was Did something sound off? Was What, what was the first sensation? Was um, it just the rolling? Just a lot less noise. Huh. It's just the the right engine just
1: cut out is what happened. Just <laughs> That was it. And then the next noise, the next noise that really – like I was – you know, like you're you're going through this and the plane is like a, a, a halfway through a barrel roll or maybe like 40% through a barrel roll. It's pretty weird. That doesn't happen all the time. People don't experience that on jets. No. So like you have to like really never really unless they're never. unless they a blue angel. Yeah. So, uh,
0: so you're freaking.
1: Well, my brain is processing. Like I don't know if you've ever seen a ghost and you're like, wait, this is not normal. <laughs> you know, like and then and then it all came into focus for me when the pilot just went john john when he just went oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit over and over again and then and that's when i was like oh my god this is like
0: now at the time so you can hear uh, you can hear people talking
1: yeah he's right in front of me yeah
0: and what's the lieutenant governor doing
1: so we were pretty casual about flying because we do it all the time right and she, so she had this ritual of eating like hershey's chocolate bars all the time that and like and uh roasted chicken that was like basically the diet so she had her chicken in a thing and some chocolate you know mike p at the next stop like this is what's happening she just called me mike p and then suddenly she's almost on top of me because her side of the plane is in the air and mine is below yeah and she's flying out of her chair because she didn't have her seatbelt on i happen to have mine on and so instinctively like i put her in a headlock to hold her down i was half saving her and the other half Laying on a solid arm bar. Because I just thought, like, son of a bitch. Like, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> this is, ah, I'm going to die doing this? Being like, you're chimpy? This you're is you're the way I'm going just, out, you know? You're just being macho. You weren't scared? You know, I, I was very scared. But I, I, most of, I was saying to someone on my way here, most of the time this was happening, I had her in a headlock and I was laughing. <laughs> and it's not because I'm courageous. I don't want to position myself <laughs> like that. Since this happened... As you mentioned, I have been in a number of wrecks. Mm -hmm. And those have always been okay. I look at them as like a really good learning experience. Um, Should we dive into this for a second? Sure. My ethos on crashing? Yeah. It's always been up to me, either on a motorcycle, racing, or doing track days, or racing in a car. The only way to get better at motorsport is to find the limit. Mm -hmm. The only way to find the limit, either the vehicle's limit, the track's limit, or the one I came across more often is my own talent. Mm-hmm. Find your own talent limit. So you find your own limit. And like, there's,
0: and there's a, uh, a hierarchy to that. It's like I, I was never a
1: runner. I never did track in school. But the kids in track would always say, "Wow, well, once you throw up, you can run faster. Mm-hmm. Crash a vehicle, you'll go faster after yeah. that. Because yeah. that one crash will teach you more about either riding a motorcycle in this case mm-hmm. or driving a car than a full year of successful racing I could I could take apart and dismantle any crash I've had and I usually especially with motorcycles is where I've done a lot of my own little personal damage like you walk away with six broken ribs was my last one well not my last one but consequential
0: one Um, because I saw you with one a couple weeks yeah I crashed last month (laughs) (laughs) How <laughs> stupid. An inconsequential crash, but you were In, injured. That was the most... Ang- uh, I actually yeah, yeah, Actually, but- you know, we were talking about this. You didn't learn anything from that.
1: That was why it was the worst crash I ever had. I learned nothing. I was just on the West Side Highway, commuting on a motorcycle and just hit... A slippery patch of stuff while I was looking over my shoulder to make sure that when I changed I lanes, that's what it was. I went back to the scene of the crime and I don't know what it was. It was, just some, it was just sludgy stuff because okay. I really had no answer. and it. it was really frustrating. me. Like I was yeah. like, I didn't apply brakes. I didn't have any steering inputs. I didn't apply throttle. And my friend was behind me and he's like, I don't know what just happened to you. Like it just happened. And I hit the deck in the middle of rush hour traffic. And I was sliding in between calves, I was like, God, oh, i will still get run over so i that was a bad crash because it, it was it was purposeless it was I didn't learn anything from it. it or just,
0: maybe it's the most mundane of explanations to just pay more attention
1: boring maybe yeah, that's you definitely know? it. That's definitely it. Always scan the roads, scan the road conditions, but like I said i I never just like hit I never just changed lanes, especially because Patrick, my friend, was on his motorcycle behind me. I didn't want to change lanes and accidentally cut across his bow and make him crash, so I just do the quick Left hand off the bar, look over really quick, turn back. And as I was coming back, I had my, ro- my eyes off road condition. And New York is like, when you're riding in Manhattan, there's a lot of data you got to process. And I just missed that data point and hit the ground. That was it. And I kind of had my life saved by a cab. If you know me, you know I hate cabs yeah. and I hate Uber. But yeah. I could admit, this fine gentleman applied the brakes very beautifully in traffic and he did it in a way and he moved into a he moved in between lanes uh-huh. so he protected me in the middle lane as well as blocked off the left lane because it kind of looked like where i was going that guy I'm was good three. and you know as he he looked at me it's like are you okay as he drove by and i'm like all jacked up on adrenaline i'm already back up on the bike because i know what happens yeah i'm like let me just get this wrecked bike to the car club because yeah. i'll have my I'll have all the adrenaline drain in 20 minutes and I'm just going to get sick. So let me get there. But like, you know, I gave him, I was like, thank you for... Not running me over and not allowing anybody else to run me over. So
0: that is a level of seasoned, uh, uh, seasoned crashing that you don't see very much. I know that I'm adrenalized right now, mm. so I'm going to get back to where I need to go. Yeah, because well, in the bike, at about 20 minutes before I completely collect. the
1: adrenaline. Yeah, you get this, you get this adrenaline hit. And you could do anything, and yeah. I, I had, you know, whenever I crash, I move my toes and my hands. So I'm like, okay, fine, that's fine. Those things work. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No bag in my future. So let me just get there because you have about. <laughs> You have about 20 to 30 minutes, and then the adrenaline leaves you, and it's replaced by toxins, and it's a really crappy feeling. So on that time, I went back to the club, sat down, had a beer, and then I went to the hospital.
0: I think that there's a uh, level of reasoning with motorcycles to people who aren't as uh, as um, um, enfeebled by obsession as you are with motorcycles. Yes, good right. <laughs> now. <then. laughs> uh, there's a level of where, all right, you can do... Ninety-five percent, or ninety-five percent, ninety percent of the work to protect yourself uh-huh. for the next crash. Yeah, but the there is an unreasonable amount that's out of your control. It's an element of what you're doing, which is why people do it, right? And it's like, a choice that you make, and you go into it with eyes open. There is an element that right. doesn't exist with cars.
1: You can't be a superhero about it. You have to know that crashing is part of riding. It just is, and usually, even the crash is not that big of a deal. But yeah, but that's why. That's why. That's why people all over the world ride motorcycles that's why people race yeah because there's a sect there's a part of it that you can't control and and that's the real at least for me i think that's the appeal of it all like i like driving and riding is that like trying to master a machine things don't have everything's so automatic you know you just push it a thing and it makes coffee and you know i don't know what's going on there but there's no excuses in a race machine you have to know how to work that piece of equipment yeah and your life depends on it. And so I think that that's, it teaches you a lot about yourself.
0: But I think just to bring it back to air travel, um, that is where we're at with air travel. I mean, there's, there just happens to be, mm-hmm. there's a couple of huge, there's the missing Malaysian Airlines mm-hmm. uh, plane and the the Egyptian airplane that's in the bottom of the Mediterranean somewhere. It's these massive mysteries, but for the most part, the, the mystery and the danger have been removed from air travel. There's a period of time in the 60s and 70s and in the 80s when, The 737 had these weird ghosts. They kept crashing. There were like crashes all over the place. Yeah, It was a part of our... our, uh, In the 70s, you said? The 70s and 80s.
1: I grew up uh, just outside of New York City on Long Island in Massapequa. Mm Mm-hmm. And for a spat of time, there were planes crashing. about like, uh, like I think it was two or maybe three when I was a really young kid. I remember the last one pretty well. But like, yeah, per- private planes or, were. Okay. by Fairchild Airport, I guess. That's uh-huh. probably why. But yeah, yeah, like two or three planes crashed down in
0: my own neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, I grew, I grew up in New Hampshire, and I, I one of my teachers crashed his C- people were cry people would crash Cessnas. So yeah. It was like a heyday of uh, the FAA. I think they reclassified licensing in the seventies. And, oh,
1: um, it's like eh, 20 hours. That's good enough. Yeah. Just fly during the day and keep your eyes open. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but flying today is like, is literally like making a cup of coffee on a, like on a Nescafe yeah. thing, you know, or a C cup or K cup or whatever those things are called. Absolutely. Just get in, run your card, and you're there. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's software. I mean, software based. These new Airbuses. I think we talk about Sully Sullenberg landing in, in, in the Hudson as a sort of miraculous pilot move. And it was. Mm-hmm. But he was able to do that because. The software in the A320... Yeah, he was in an $800 million vehicle. <laughs> it's pretty <badass. laughs> He
1: a lot of thought it in there. Is,
0: it is an amazing yeah. piece of machinery that is that you have to work hard to damage.
1: I would imagine that he landed that. I couldn't believe it didn't fall apart because being in a plane crash, yeah. I, the, the, one of the thoughts that ran through my head is... These are not made like Volvos. They're not like made like this. This this is not a crumple zone. This thing just fell apart. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's like an old VW Beetle. Yeah. You you hit something, the entire thing becomes weaponized. These, these shards of metal like that will tear your body to pieces. And airplane, airplanes are still like that. They just don't really crash anymore. That's right. And this beach craft... And they're
1: composite,
0: so... All right, fair enough. So you get torn to pieces <laughs> yeah, by composites. Yeah, you get a shards lot of, of s- composite.
1: splinters. Yeah, exactly. A bitch of a splinter.
0: I mean, yeah. um, the, the, the aircraft, I, I assume the aircraft you were on is built so at some point in the 60s or 70s. It's not like a... Even if it's not, it's sort of the same fundamental design same
1: way they've always been cars are mostly the same things they've been for 100 years right yeah, yeah. so you get asked early like i was laughing but i wasn't laughing because i was courageous
0: and tough as shit i, I just i looked out the window everybody first so of all just to interrupt you everybody has a moment where they're in an airplane they're like and there's like there's a bump
1: yeah something there's just yeah. like a
0: moment every once in a while i have and I'm, I'm not terribly i'm not terrified of flying but i do have these moments every once in a while where all the all the blood just kind of drains out of me. Like there's nothing. Nothing
1: I can do. do. That's the thing about a plane crash. Yeah, that's what I felt. I was just laughing because. Is that a good
0: thing or a bad thing?
1: Um, uh,
0: I think actually, you
1: know, I think that this crash, because this was one of my first. This was like before I really got into racing and things. The the emotional roller coaster of that crash, I think, prepared me for a life in motorsport because there was nothing I could do, and it didn't take very long. But so I had to. All right, so so, the, so we're lifting up. We're lifting up suddenly engine dies plane is 40% rolled to the right to my side lieutenant governor is falling out of her
0: chair out of control You says the pilot is out of control control. he's he didn't I
1: remember he didn't he had like one hand on the stick the rest of it was just He was fiddling with dials that were like like in between the two seats and way down below. Like I have never seen these dials turned before. I do remember that. I just thought, and his hands were moving really fast, going oh shit, oh shit, and his like purple and white scarf was blowing behind him, air conditioning because it was clearly not open cockpit. Uh Um, I'm holding her down. People in the plane are freaking out of as course. you can imagine yeah. right and i'm and i have the seat with the window and i'm just looking at the ground coming up at you way faster than it's ever come up with me on a plane that's certainly a really strange angle and the pilot did a very good job of returning us i'll say to like 25 degrees we were mm-hmm. probably at like 45 degree angle on our way down inverting we were going can were- we were on our way to canopy down and what happened was was that the the engine on the right side of the plane, which I think is starboard. Yeah. yeah starboard side. Starboard. So the starboard engine had the fuel lines to it had burst. The plane was start the engine was started to fuel and, and quickly stalled. The port engine being still full tilt, sort of created that yaw. Like I like guess. he was like dipping a wing, right? Like that side slowed down and yeah. we go into the- I get there's probably a bit of a rotation front to tail as well that i wasn't really able to pick up on but the plane's doing this i was able to with my hand i'm like i'm flipping a newspaper yes yes. (laughs) for for everybody at home yeah Yeah. and um, he was able to get it back to about 25 degrees in the other direction and we came down like the ground just coming up uh, and and i was laughing because at some point i'm waiting for it to go back away but it wasn't it was it was charging and i have her everybody's freaking out I got a really, I got a death grip on this woman. <laughs>
0: you got the death grip on the lieutenant governor.
1: Yeah, because I at this point I had
0: come, I had come to grips with it. I'm going to die today at work. I'm Was she gonna... saying anything to you? I don't remember. You're just cackling. Uh, and the three people, the other three people. Everybody was just like, oh,
1: my God. It was like that. That's yeah. that's what you hear. And that's why I didn't react like that. I was just like, holy cow, we're all about to die. Like I especially I was looking at the ground coming up at me. So
0: it's fast. Me, it's fast, man. We're talking you're, seconds. If you're at 700 feet, an engine goes out, yeah. you you suddenly. And we're, we're in what races call slow time, right? When yeah. When
1: fast time is when you're doing everything right in yeah. you know, a 45 lap race feels like 30 seconds of your life and slow time is when it's which is it's um it's a biological feature i think right like Mm i unfortunately i use this a lot suddenly time slows down Mm -hmm. Uh, it's probably because of the adrenaline rush that you have and you're able to think through it and correct the situation as best as you can i was in slow time and had no control of anything so you know just sort of looking at the ground and i thought like this is going to be the one that gets me, you know, like this yeah. is it. I'm dying today giving this woman a headlock. That's how I'm going to rig a mortis. That's how I'll be. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. I remember I just watched the the wing touch the ground, like just touch the ground. First off, I should say we were we, were, we crashed in a farm, a field. I think it was a potato field. Um, I remember thinking that, like, at least we're not over a town. I'm not going to crash into a house. That was the grim moment for me. Like, I'm not going to put a house on fire and die in a house fire. With some kid playing Nintendo and a plane crashes through his living room, you know, like we're over a field. So that felt kind of right, I yeah, guess. That's so, very
0: magnanimous of you.
1: Yeah. You know, I want to bring other people into my mishaps. <laughs> and the wing touched the ground. And just as it grazed the ground, it went Poof, and it just flew away. It's just gone. It just ripped right off the plane. And then we came down really hard. Do you hard.
0: feel that? Uh not, Are you, not you feel like you're in a stable thing, just sort of lurching somewhere, or is it you all over the place?
1: Like no, it was all over the place because I I think just running on that one engine and the other prop spinning in the wind, but yeah. not you know. So I think there was a lot of air chop. It's a violent. You're in a, it was violent. It's
0: a very violent. Experience.
1: Everything's shaking as yeah. we're going down it because we're descending really fast. This is not like the glidescope you right. land and this is <laughs> down and it's like i said only
0: sullenberger going into the
1: ocean no it wasn't a control it wasn't like a controlled i got it we're going you know like yeah. it was it was real sloppy yeah if this was a motorcycle we were high siding you know <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> cartwheeling like you know uh-huh. and that wing hit the ground and it just just glanced the ground and just choof, it was gone But I remember that just sort of like strained us out a little bit. And we came down hard, like on the fuselage of the plane, on the bottom of the plane. And out the front, and we're we're moving, man. We're going. You know, you don't really get a sense of your airspeed because the ground's very far below you. And so the the relationship isn't really there. Mm -hmm. I realized how fast you're going in a plane, even when you're only about two miles from the airport, because we slid through this field. And it was really raining at this point, by the way. I should have mentioned the weather. It was pouring. It was torrential. And... The front of the plane is sliding through this potato field and it's just mud for forever. Just like up, you know, in through the windshield. The windshield didn't break, but, you know, it was like we were flying underground. That's what it was like.
0: Now, is there a point when you, made, you hit the ground and you didn't die where you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to live?
1: Rock star moment. Yeah. yes, I thought of myself as completely indestructible and still do think that but
0: i mean you, if you't if you you survive this impact suddenly there
1: 's mud so we're go- we're still i mean I, it wasn 't done yet like i didn't feel like, i didn 't feel like I was out of it yet. we hit the ground, but the wing was gone the other wing looked like um, i don 't know it didn 't look like a wing anymore. The whole fuselage is just crinkling around us. And we slid for like 100 yards. It was like we slid more than a football field. Yeah. The FAA said that if it wasn't raining as profusely as it was that day, we would have all burned to death. Because that right engine, the fuel lines, the fuel that didn't make it to the engine was all over the plane. So the plane was coated in jet fuel and we're sliding through an unplanted field. So it was a lot of rocks and dirt and a lot of friction, but it had rained so hard and so long for so long that there was a lot less viscosity, (laughs) you know, like there's a lot less friction. There's no sparks. Right. So event, I mean, and this plane, I was just like, like when is this plane going to stop? Like it's just sliding and disintegrating around us forever. And finally it came to a stop and that was, I, I guess I'm probably, probably a person who likes an adrenaline rush i have a level of comfort with speed in that sort of a thing so i remember my reaction was like holy shit that was awesome you know like i was rock star like i was like we just survived a plane crash that's my story today you know and i remember everybody else in the plane was like white and haggard
0: and you just sort of take a moment you're like holy shit we just crashed a plane like that doesn't happen every day did you say out loud holy shit we just crashed yeah 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 uh, and worked. like i survived? had just
1: grabbed like like i was lemmy and we were in madison square garden yeah. for the first time that was like my energy level at that moment right. like whoa this is amazing yeah like brilliant. i thought that was the greatest thing ever not the greatest thing ever but it's pretty great it was awesome it wasn't my plane you know <laughs> as far as i know it's a victimless crime but um everybody else in the plane i don't think had my look at it although they were like holy cow the the, the
0: lieutenant governor wasn't
1: seatbelted she wasn't seatbelted but i i learned something about her that night yeah. so i she's a tough woman like she is a tough woman she could withstand a lot i learned that that was her third plane crash later that day good god she had been in two others one of them they had to foam the whole runway cuz the landing gear of her plane wasn't working and then she did the belly landing yeah you know so anyway I wish I knew she was in two because
0: I would have saw the third one coming. At what point did the statistics, did the the odds become uncalculable that she would be in another plane crash? I think she could have a career as a uh, human
1: cannonball at this point. She's pretty good. I mean, it must be. Flight flight is on her side at this point, right? That's how I would look at it. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Stay in airplanes. She'll never die. So the plane finally comes to a stop and you have that moment like... Wow! Well, I just crashed a plane, and everybody sort of collects himself. Everybody's okay. That guy John, who I don't remember much about because he was a John. blip in my life, but he had a blood blister on his thumb, which he complained about. Oh, shut, shut, up. <laughs> shut up! Shut your six shut, people! Shut your face! <laughs>
0: you know? Six people go down. Yeah, in a plane five. There crash. was only one pilot. Five, five. Right, five I was wrong people the go down in a plane crash, and there's a blood blister. Yeah, he
1: went into the seat in front of him, and the seat like rocked, and he got pinched. His thumb got pinched in the seat mechanism
0: whatever um it's a good lawsuit waiting to happen
1: but then you know so everything has finally come to a stop and you know you just sort of evaluate where you are for a minute but then then you notice that there's a beep 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 and there's also a me me and there's like nine different sounds going off and i was like okay this is actually not ended yet we need to get out of this plane like yeah. we need to this is going to go on fire amazing it hasn't yet yeah um so I go to open the door and that's not working cuz remember everything is tweaked and torqued. Sure. And so I had the grand privilege of being able to like open and kick a window open like the emergency window. You kick the emergency so window. So I up. yeah, I think it was um You could
0: smell jet fuel at this point too.
1: Everything. It was it was wild cuz you're also in the middle of a field that it's pouring in the middle of a field. I you know I it's I, dark out. Uh yeah. Yeah, it was like, you know, the evening in March. Yeah. Ireland. That's yeah. what it was like and um we all get out i think i got out and i helped everybody out and we're like in suits and stuff knee deep in mud because there's so much mud and also the plane i guess kind of like threw a wave of mud everywhere and i'm like we got to get away from this plane and like we're like like a dream like in slow motion we're all like like i lost my shoes that day because they're somewhere in that field still because we're literally up to mud up to our knees and like running in this like dream state, slow motion away from the plane. And finally, you know, and like we had a, I guess had a phone. I probably had a StarTac or yeah, something. Yeah. the Did
0: everybody, was everybody sort of reduced to the, to the lowest point of their character? There's the person who like climbs over the lieutenant. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. It was probably me. <laughs> no,
1: no, that did Everybody had really good decorum, which I think yeah. made it a really pleasant crash. Uh-huh. Everybody was in it for each other. Um, And we slowly made it out of there. And I remember I called my mom again because knowing that she's going to see this lieutenant governor's plane has crashed. You know, cable news likes to jump on a headline without the back end of it. Yeah. So I called her. I was like, listen, you're, I remember I'm in this field. I'm like, you're going to see any moment now because remember, we just left a press conference. So like yeah. the press was all in one place. I was like, you're going to see that we just crashed a plane but i am okay so we're all fine don't let it worry you too much my mom is irish catholic from brooklyn she's got a lot of worry in her yeah of
0: course so well, um, there's a lot to worry about in the world yeah. apparently especially if your son is mike pritchett <laughs>
1: yeah <just kidding>.
0: how <laughs> heavy is your file so yeah and then the plane like the
1: plane was okay after that it didn't burst into flames or anything but it was really messed up the the landing gear was a mile back I don't even know how the landing gear got a mile back like because we crashed and slid forever. But Had he even retracted the gear? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I don't know, which is why it ripped off. But so There's
0: so many things that colluded to make you survive that day yeah. in addition to dying. That. The, the, the explanation for why you went down is, this, is it seems simple. Uh, a fuel line exploded or burst.
1: <sighs> you know, our pilot he was relieved of his license for an amount of time. I don't know how much of an amount of the time it was. And it was either that the fuel lines had burst or he had never had, like, you know, you pick tank A and B or whatever. Sure. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that they were both working because it did... I mean, it did stall out. I know it stalled out. I don't know if that was if that's what he was reaching for down below was, yeah. like, probably, like... I'll go back to cars. We have a GT40 and it has like, you know, you have to toggle between your gas tanks. I think that that's what he was toggling to try to get fuel to. But it was clear that there was no fuel going to that. So
0: you think that when he was fiddling with the dials down there, he's trying uh, to get fuel into a tank. So he may not have.
1: So like you have two tanks, like there's one in each wing. And I'm sure that like A is for fuel tank in in the starboard wing and B is for that one. Or C is the middle and it's using both. Yeah i that's the only thing i could think of because i've never seen a pilot ever touch those before remember i spent a lot of time in this plane and another one Um, did
0: you talk to the pilot afterwards
1: no he was like really quickly sequestered of course by the airport because we went back to the airport it was the closest thing it was like two miles down the road and like he was quickly separated and we had to do this press conference because all the cameras wound up there and then um
0: but as somebody who's you've been in crashes, I mean, you hadn't really become a track guy uh, at that at that point, right? I did
1: like a, I did skip harbor at that time, right. but I wasn't like engrossed like I am. But now. you want
0: to learn, yeah. You want to learn what happens, right? Right. So, I mean, as a driver, if you. Meet or exceed the limit. You want to see, you know, what happened? Right.
1: Like, yeah. Got to go over your. You got to pull your cards and go did, through your data.
0: Did you ever think that I should talk to this pilot and like track him down later? I, on? I did
1: want to. Um, you know, it was before Facebook, and like he was like quickly like they had they had they had taken his license from him for you know probably while the investigation was going on, and the investigation was probably like six or eight weeks later that I learned that it was covered in fuel, and I got whatever information I got out of it, um, but he was like he was no longer a state employee and all of those things. And I could tell that like his life wasn't really that good after that. And I I felt badly for him because, you know, I spent many, many hours in a plane that he had flown. And again, he was also the guy for right or wrong would let me up in the pilot in the, in the cockpit. And
0: it seems like there's some suspicion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I'm not going to add to his situation. Yeah. he's a grown man, isn't he? A 24 year old. I'm really sorry for what happened. I don't know. It just I never I was never given access to him after that. And I, and I didn't know. But Did um, changed the way you fly. Not really. I you know the, I had to go to like a Best Western or whatever was there that night, and I had a lot of cocktails with the team, right? Uh-huh. You know, and then the next morning I had to fly commercial home, and that was fine. The kicker for me was the next week, you know, life goes on. You got to do this tour again. I don't have this plane. Now I have this like real small four-seater single prop. It's cold when you're up there, wear your jacket and hood kind of a plane. Yeah. And this new pilot, whose name I don't know, I only flew, I this is one of the few times in life I made a demand of not flying with him again. He reminded me, another Simpsons episode, uh, <laughs> reference, actually, he was a lot like Otto, yeah. the bus driver. <laughs> he had like long black hair. He's like, hey dude, what's up? You know, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Can you ask for a urine sample? We were in Binghamton, over Binghamton at the time, which is um, kind of beautiful and hilly upstate New York. And, you know, you're only flying at like, 3,000 feet. And it's at night and it was cold. I remember it was really cold this time. I had like a big parka jacket on, zipped up, and I got like headphones on. And and I couldn't tell where the, where the ground ended and the sky began because it was very clear out. So there's a lot of stars and these people live in these hills. And mm-hmm. so you couldn't tell where the hills ended and the sky began. So it was really disoriented. And I'm really paying attention now because the week prior, you know, I crashed in a plane. So now I'm probably a bit edgy. And the plane just goes whoa, just like just nosedive straight for the ground. Like I was out of I had my seatbelt on, but I was not touching the seat. Like it was engine on. Engine on. I have never I have never um fallen so quickly in such a short amount of time. And he was like, Sorry, the uh the auto slave, you know, came disengaged off of autopilot. No problem. And you know, now I'm edgy. We probably dropped something like seven hundred feet like that. You know, it's like Nauseating. That's terrifying. Terrifying. And then twenty minutes later, the same thing. And at that moment is when I had what scientists would refer to as complete, absolute shit fit. I was just like, "Oh fuck this job!" You know, like like it was like I, it just felt like every time I get a, a little plane now, I was like, you know. Your life is in your hands. And, and I would have rather crashed the way I did than do another one of those quick descents. Like the minute that that autopilot disengages, it's not free fall, it's accelerated on the <laughs> throttle fall. Like you're just going into the ground. And like I just, I had like a mid air nervous breakdown. Uh-huh. I just wasn't having it anymore. And I never flew with that guy again because I just thought, like, Jesus, you're like, we just play crash play, like just use your hands, man. Like I'm sure it's probably safer to use uh autopilot like i'm sure that that's a statistic that every pilot would be like well actually but you know what after you're just in a plane crash and the uh, autopilot's not working that well just just put your hand on a stick and listen
0: you you're a tough guy but there is such a thing as post-traumatic stress disorder i'm not even
1: a tough guy i'm uh-huh. just you know yeah I massive mean,
0: post-traumatic and is I, there anything more tra- traumatic
1: i had thought i handled it really well up to that point i was like yeah i'll get into this skateboard of a plane i don't <laughs> care whatever but when that skateboard started to fall out of the sky, I was, I was, that was it for me. So
0: now you're going to buy you guys at the Classic Car Club, you're
1: going to get a plane. Yeah. I, I can't wait to fly it. I don't carry any baggage from that. know, I mean, sort of look at it like you were saying, like, Lieutenant Governor, like, well, okay, I've already been in one
0: plane crash. Like, what are the chances? Yeah, you know, I thought about that because I was in that uh, emergency landing in a DC-10. Yeah. That's not how the world works.
1: Who just cares? Because who, did.
0: who cares how the world works? It's <laughs> so inefficient. World. It's just how it works in my universe. No,
1: you're right. I mean it could happen again, but I always think like technology gets better. Yeah. Um but the thing that made it the most scary was that there was nothing I could do about it, which is what you were saying yeah. earlier, you know?
0: when and there's nothing you can really learn from
1: you again yeah this is just it's just an unfortunate incident that you were right in the middle of and it's probably going to end your life and that's it and you
0: have time to really think about it but the beauty of of the way we investigate aviation Hmm. uh, incidents in the united states is we have learned so fast and we've made it the the ntsb the national transportation safety board right uh and uh their investigators are actually really, really fucking good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And they have scared most of the ghosts out of those airframes so fast. Yeah, I'd imagine. And they've made it so good, even down to the level of amateur piloting.
1: Yeah, well, the Icon is a great example of this. The plane that um, we will procure for the car club, which is this this new airframe. It's it's unstallable. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might have an engine failure, but you can't stall it by... Attempting a prop stand or something like that, you know, it even has a parachute, which I hope to never have to test out. But you know, that thing can glide a bit, and you know, there's always something that you can do. But I think if you're behind the stick or you're behind the wheel or you're behind the bars, you're like, all right, this is my moment to man up and make the best out of this situation and Mm -hmm. correct it or fix it or save it. Mm -hmm. Or you know, like in a race car when you're crashing, okay, so now I'm going off track, now I'm rotating. What do I do to minimize the impact into the wall? And more importantly, what do I do to keep this car? You got to, like, we refer to it on our team. I don't know if everybody does, but, like, you got to lock it down, which means it is highly unacceptable to come back onto this track out of control and crash into another vehicle. So, like, do everything you can to not hit a wall. But most importantly, don't come back on track. If you have to hit a wall, okay, so hit this wall in a way that you're not going to take out three corners of this car. Yeah. Let's just take out one corner of this car. But, you know, there's a lot of thinking to do. And there's a lot you could do. You have throttle. You have brake. You have um, what gear you're in. And you have steering to uh, to do something about it. Not in a plane when you're in a passenger seat in the back. You just, yeah. you know. I did get one memento from it, though. Yeah. I got one of the state, like, you know, they had, like, New York State uh, government encrested, uh, like, crystal glass. And yeah. it was etched in there. You did? Yeah, before I jumped out the window. Zoink! Those are my little...
0: I don't know where it is to this... Oh, I took a memento from the airport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs>
1: took a state like, like Tumblr glass, you did, know?
0: did George Pataki ever call you and say, good going? Uh,
1: Michael, uh... <laughs> I don't know if that's not how he sounds. I can't I do a good one. No, he never he called talk,
0: He's kind of talks like a dumb guy.
1: I gotta say, we weren't his favorite people.
0: <laughs> I can imagine.
1: Maybe it was a... Cons- maybe. Maybe. Maybe this you John know, the Pilot The fella. car that they had for us was, was, was mic'd up and, and yeah. bugged. Perhaps...
0: John could have put that down on purpose. Maybe he has a scarf, like a Pataki scarf that he mm, now.
1: Governor Pataki, I'm coming after you.
0: Well, thank you very much, Mike Percinello. Thank for you for having me. a car of Manhattan.
1: Maybe next time I can come with an expertise I'm more proud of.
0: Listen, uh, yeah, we would like that. <laughs> Even though you seem to be, could be pretty good at crashing. I'm comfortable with it. All right. Thank you. Yes.